Today is Wednesday, January the 18th. Football recruiting, basketball, transfer portal, and more next on the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Six yards deep, three wide receivers in a triangle out to the right. Now comes in motion across the face. Rattler, wide receiver screen, thrown out right side. Got a block and open. Antoine Juice Wells at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Juice Wells from 42 yards out. A quick strike. Great blocking on the outside. And 42 yards later, Juice is in the end zone in Kentucky. It's time for the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Here's the cockfather himself, Keith Olson. This is Rogers again to the 25, 20, 15, 10. Rogers scores! Get the ball to Bennett. It's on. Everybody, welcome in to the Worldwide Wednesday Show for January 18th, episode number 1133. And that the top that was Spencer Rattler to Juice Wells. Uh, I was under the weather last Wednesday, so we did not have a Wednesday show. And so on Monday night, January the 9th. Juice Wells announced his return to South Carolina. And then Tuesday night, Spencer Rattler announced his return to South Carolina, which should really buoy the Gamecocks in the uh, expectations category and in the preseason rankings in year three for Shane Beamer. Uh, Of course, Gamecocks finished the season 8-4, and four, beating top 10 opponents in number 7 Tennessee and or no, number 5 Tennessee and number 7 Clemson. Clemson ends on a two-game losing streak. They lost to Tennessee in the Who's Your Daddy Beamer Orange Bowl. And, of course, South Carolina – with the shell of the team that beat Tennessee and Clemson, dropped a heartbreaker in the Gator Bowl to Notre Dame, 45-38. to And so South Carolina finished ranked number 23 in the polls, and now you've got Spencer Rattler back. Nobody, I think when Spencer Rattler came to South Carolina, expected him to, ha- to be here for two years. 
And honestly, the only way it, he would have been here for two years was if it didn't go according to plan in year one. And that was the case, and that's why Marcus Satterfield's no longer the offensive coordinator. It's not because, oh, he went to Nebraska for more money. No, he was told after the Florida game, that's it, bud, you're out of here. You're costing us recruits. Uh, you won't do what I ask you to do. And now you are going to do what I'm going to tell you to do, which is no more than 30 or 40 plays and no more than four personnel groupings, not 115 plays and not uh, 20 personnel groupings. For Siderfield, it was never about the opponent. It seemed like it was never about the down and distance or where the ball was. It was just about personnel groupings. And he just couldn't fly the plane and he couldn't land the plane. And then Shane Beamer told him how to land the plane. 23 games too late, quite frankly. I mean, that's what you get with a first-time head coach is he's paying attention to everything else and not really paying attention to what's going on with the game plan. And... If Shane Beamer would have told Marcus Satterfield after the East Carolina game in 2021, hey, Marcus, I don't ever want you to have more than 30 or 40 plays, and I don't want you to ever have more than five personnel groupings. That's it. That's all these guys are going to be able to handle. South Carolina probably would have won a lot more football games. In 21, I'm certain you would have beat Missouri and Kentucky and this year, I'm certain you would have beat Missouri at home and you probably uh, could have beat one of the six and six teams that you lost to, like Arkansas, who was really good that day. Maybe not them. Certainly not Georgia. But at Florida, you should have never been blown out of that game. And it was because you were completely clueless on offense and Quite frankly, you didn't play complimentary football. Clayton White's defense had miserable first halves against Kentucky and Florida. Hell, I think Florida had 270 yards rushing in the first half. I mean, it's awful. And so you got to get better on defense, okay? I said this on the Garnet and Blacktown Hall last week. The biggest defensive stat for me that's got to change, well, really two stats, from this past season to next season is you can't keep giving up 43% third down conversions and you can't give up an average of 198 yards per game on the ground. You just can't do it. And, you know, how are you going to do it? You're losing three starters. You don't know who your defensive ends are going to be. We saw Will Muschamp's defense struggle when they had to play a bunch of freshmen on the defensive line in 2017. Or, I'm sorry, 2018. They couldn't stop anybody. That was They had a 17-point lead with a quarter and a, with 20 minutes to go in the game, and Florida just steamrolled them. And they lost in the swamp. Carolina had a great chance to win in the swamp that day. And uh, they couldn't get it done. And 
you know, Trajan Jeffcoat, that situation is ongoing. I will tell you this. It has absolutely nothing to do with academics. It has absolutely nothing to do with admissions. It has absolutely nothing to do with, oh, well, he got kicked off the team. Well, no, he really didn't. So has nothing to do with that. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. If you are a VIP subscriber to the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast and you were on overtime last night, you know exactly the situation. And that was only for our VIPs. Gamecocks are still battling, trying to make it happen. Uh, Gamecocks are still trying to make it happen with Dylan Johnson, the transfer running back from Mississippi State. Uh, That one, NIL, seems to have been handled. Uh, More traditional uh, recruiting aspects here. Usage, how he's going to be used in the offense, opportunity for playing time. He has been committed to Washington. Caleb DeBoer, who quite frankly is an offensive savant and who won 10 games at UW this year. They've got his attention. He committed to them. South Carolina's made a late push. I do think they have some momentum, but, you know, that's one of the issues when you hire an offensive coordinator that can't really throw up tape of what his system is going to be like. Because Dowell Loggins has never called plays in college, and I don't think you want to throw up that 2017 Chicago Bears film. So, um, the Gamecocks need another running back. Dylan Johnson is the guy. He's great out of the backfield. He's kind of like Christian McCaffrey, about the same size. Had over 140 receptions the last three years out of the backfield in that air raid offense, Uh, along with uh, over 1,200, about 1,200 yards rushing. And uh, is a guy that's really good, run after the catch. He's got great hands. He's great out of the backfield. He's a guy that would be a seamless fit in a pro-style offense because he's been well-versed in pass protection, and he catches the ball very naturally out of the backfield. He's a guy that would never have to come off the field uh unless you're just giving him a rest. he's He can play all three downs, and he's a threat out of the backfield in the passing game. Six foot, 215, a native of Greenville, Mississippi. Gamecocks brought him in for a visit last weekend, still waiting on a decision from him. Uh, Malik McClain, a 6'4", 200-pound wide receiver that was teammates at IMG with Lavoisier Carroll. He announced his commitment to Penn State. Uh, It just seemed like the Gamecocks really, even though they brought him on for a visit, it was always going to be Penn State. And Eddie Lewis, the wide receiver from Memphis who came in, well, all you got to do is look at the tweets from Pete Limbo and Justin Stepp. They got a, a player from New York, and, well, if you look at Eddie Lewis's bio, check his hometown, and that'll tell you all you need to know. 
uh, Lewis, a guy that tied for the team lead in touchdown receptions at Memphis this year with seven, 40 receptions, 612 yards. That led the team. And he was also their punt returner. I think this guy is uh, basically a little faster version of Josh Van. And I think he'll take that, especially if he can play the way Josh Van played the last two years. And I think he is definitely a difference maker. And so along with Juice Wells and Xavier Leggett, he's a guy that could be in the starting lineup or or could battle with those guys to play outside. I think he could play outside or inside. I think with Dowell Loggins, ideally you want to see him move your best players around. Like Juice Wells, you want to line him up all over the field to get mismatches. He talked about that in the press conference. I think that's the thing that you definitely want to see. I'd like to see Juice Wells isolated on a linebacker. I can tell you that. I'd like to see Juice Wells moved around where you couldn't really press him in man coverage and where he could uh, find seams in, in the zone. I think when you look at who you lost and who you're replacing them with, I think you've really upgraded at the tight end position. I think with Joshua Simon and Trey Knox, you've got two big-time receiving threats, I think, with uh, Nick Elksness and Connor Cox, you've got two guys that are capable of uh, being good inline blockers as well as uh, attack the seams and, and be pretty good uh, receivers there. And um, so... I really like what the Gamecocks have done in the transfer portal uh, thus far on offense. And so, you know, you lost all your tight ends. Man, you really wish uh, Nick uh, 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 Nate Adkins had another year, right? And so you added Joshua Simon – and Trey Knox, Nick Elksness, who's a big 6'6", 250-pound tight end. Okay. Um, and Connor Cox is an early enrollee. And so you flip the tight end room and then, uh, you know, Reed McKeska is a tight end as well. And so that gives you uh, two high school guys that are early enrollees. And it gives you three transfer guys. And then you've got Cameron Sandlin, who could be a tight end, who will come in this summer out of Anniston, Alabama, who's a high school quarterback and a big-time athlete that – I think at 6'3", 220, he could play wide receiver. He could be a safety. He could be an outside linebacker. He could be a wildcat quarterback. I think he could do a lot of things. And then with the news that Kendall Bryles could be headed to, to TCU, 
most likely is headed to TCU. Even though Shamar Easter just said, you know, he visited Arkansas over the weekend and said he was sticking with the Hogs if Bryles leaves, I think Shamar Easter could be a wide receiver. And so I think that could throw open a whole host of possibilities with Dowell Loggins staying at South Carolina as offensive coordinator if Bryles leaves. And so we'll monitor that. But as of earlier today, Football Scoop was reporting it was happening. And, and when those guys report it's happening, it is usually happening. Uh, we'll get back to football recruiting Last night, Gamecock men's basketball, uh, they dropped a winnable game. That's really the only way to say it. Uh, looking at the Ken Palm, this was considered South Carolina's best opportunity for an SEC victory. And they came out and just threw up a clunker in the first half and um, got down 12 to 4, cut it to 16 to 14. Then it was uh, 26 to 15 and 30 to 20 at halftime. Um, Gamecocks in the first half were abysmal. 8 of 27 from the field, that's 29.6%, and 2 of 11 from 3. And they had 5 turnovers. Chico Carter, 5 points in the first half on 2 of 5, 1 of 2 from 3. Michi Johnson, 0 of 5 in the first half, no points. Hayden Brown, just 2 points. Gigi Jackson, 2 of 7 in the first half in 17 minutes. Gamecocks were just 11 of 20 on layups. I mean, it just wasn't a really a good first half. Josh Gray, he, he did have a big dunk in the first half. Gamecocks, like I said, they trailed 30 to 20 at halftime. Uh, they opened the second half with a 9-2 run to get it to 32-29. And then Ole Miss responded and went on a 13-2 run that pushed the lead back to 45-31 with a little over 11 minutes to go. And um, that was really it. Uh, Gigi Jackson had 15 points on a bad Kobe Bryant shooting night, just 5 of 20 from the field. I mean, when, when you have more shots than points, it's really not a, a good night. 20 field goal attempts, 15 points, 5 of 20, and 2 of 8 from 3. I mean, that's pretty easy math. He shot 25%. 3 of 5 from the free throw line. And did not commit a foul, which I don't like. I mean, be aggressive, dude. Mix it up. I mean, if you're not, if you're playing 36 minutes, you better be committing three or four 
fouls, especially if you're losing. And so I didn't like that. He did have seven rebounds, three assists, just one turnover, but just not good enough on either end of the court, G.G. Jackson. Uh, the only other Gamecock in double figures, Chico Carter, 12 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Again, pretty easy stats, 50%. Uh, he fouled out. He played 37 minutes. He had four rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, one steal in 37 minutes. Hayden Brown, just not good enough. Even though he was uh, nine points on four of seven, uh, minus 10, fouled out, only had two rebounds. Josh Gray, four points on two of three. I think both of his scores were dunks. Um, he had two rebounds. One assist, only two fouls for him, one block shot, only played 13 minutes. Jacoby Wright, bless his heart, he's just not good enough. He had three points on one of four. Shooting was one of three from three. Two fouls, one rebound, no turnovers in 25 minutes. Michi Johnson, five points. Two of ten from the field, one of seven from three. When Michi Johnson plays like that, I don't care if everybody else on the team plays great. You're just not winning because it's him and Gigi Jackson and Hayden Brown. Those three guys have got to have good games every game for you to have a chance to win. I did think it was good to see uh, – Zachary Davis get in the game. He was three of four from the field. He had four rebounds. He committed three personal fouls in 17 minutes and was plus five. I think him and Daniel Hankins Sanford both have a chance. Everybody else, there's no, I mean, Chico Carter and Michi Johnson, you want them back next year? Josh Gray needs to get better. Zachary Davis and Daniel Hankins Sanford have a chance. I think uh, the two guys you signed have a chance, but everybody else, like uh, the BBV, Bozeman's, uh, Benjamin Bozeman's, Verdonk, he, he probably needs to go someplace where he can play and score more than four points because he's just bad. I mean, I think I'm quicker than the BBV. Jacoby Wright, he ain't good enough. Hayden Brown, uh, I mean, you love the guy plays hard, but he just ain't good enough. You know, Michi, good Michi Johnson is good enough. Good Chico Carter, he, he's a great guy to come off the bench. But you've got to massively rehaul this roster in the transfer portal. I mean, you've got to tell some guys that don't play, they 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 got to go someplace else. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. I mean, Frank Martin, some of these guys that hung around, you know, you will get uh, Ebo back. Abrima Deba next year, 
if he is 100% recovered, I think he is a quality starter. But Jacoby Wright, he ain't good enough. He probably needs to go someplace else. Trayvon Minot. Aaliyah Boston's going to the WNBA. He probably just needs to go on and go to finish his degree someplace close to where she's playing. Uh, I do like Zachary Davis. Meech Johnson will be back. Javon Benson, he, he probably needs to go to like Charleston Southern or someplace like that. Hank and Sanford I like. GG, honestly, probably needs to stay another year, but he won't. Hank and Sanford I like. BBV, uh, thank you for your service, but you, you're just not good enough. Josh Gray, I think you need a guy like him. You need to keep developing him because he's such a physical specimen. I mean, it's hard to find a guy seven foot two fifty five that's athletic like him that can dunk. That you know, I, I still think he has a chance. I mean, maybe maybe Jacoby Wright has a chance with another year, but I mean, he just really isn't that good. So he probably needs to go. All right, so I mentioned Trajan Jeffcoat. That situation is ongoing. It's not about academics. It's not about grades. It's not about credits transferring. It's not about the admissions department being assholes, even though they have been in the past. Um, it's really something that in no way, shape, or form should prevent him from being admitted to the university. Dylan Johnson, we're still waiting on that one. Malik McLean, he is going to Penn State. All right, so 2023, who are you waiting on? Well, there's two major targets that everybody's talking about. Northwestern High School wide receiver, uh, Elijah Caldwell, six foot, 180 probably. He visited NC State last weekend, and the NC State insider changed his crystal ball from NC State to South Carolina. I think, you know, I don't know if he'll visit this weekend or the last weekend, um, but I would expect he would commit shortly after his official visit. Uh, obviously, Nicholas Harbor, 6'5", 225, the fastest man in the country at his age group, faster than uh, – I mean, he's, he's the fastest man alive, especially uh, for his size. So we'll see. Oregon is a factor because of the track program and all that Nike money. Uh, but he's got – you know, you, you kind of look at the stronger, longer with South Carolina. South Carolina was the first campus he visited. Shane Beamer's been recruiting him the longest. He's in a group text with all the Gamecock commitments and signees. There are a lot of his friends from the DMV that are really pushing him hard. Uh, Shane Beamer is going to have his in-home visit with Nicholas Harbor next week. Uh, prior to his Oregon visit. 
And then we'll see uh, on February the 1st what he does. There could be one or two other guys uh, that could pop up. One is a former teammate of Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. Um, he got into some trouble out there, had to transfer to East L.A. Junior College. Trajan Bridges is his name. I don't know if the Gamecocks are going to sign him or not. Um, and so this weekend, Junior Day takes uh, center stage. Gamecocks bringing in a bunch of big-time players And I mean they got a they got a chance with all of them. Really. All right, some of the guys that will be in on Saturday. Start with the top, your 2024 commitment, Dante Reno. He's flying in. Okay. Uh, offensive lineman Blake Franks from Greenville, Josiah Thompson from Dillon. We'll stop there. Those guys are big-time players. Also, offensive lineman Malachi Tolliver, uh, 6'5", 295 out of Cartersville, Georgia. He will be in. And Big Mike Williams from the Charles Herbert Flowers School in Baltimore, Maryland, 6'7", 315. His high school teammates with Desmond Yumi Azulu, Gamecocks have not offered him yet, but they're going to eyeball him and get a good look. He could get an offer this weekend. Uh, running back and linebacker Daniel Hill from Meridian, Mississippi, 6'1", 220. He'll be in. Uh, wide receiver B.J. Gibson from Rochelle, Georgia will be in, along with wide receiver Amari Jefferson from the Baylor School in Chattanooga. He's a baseball commit for the Vols. His head coach is Eric Kimry. So I think the Gamecocks have a shot there. Four-star Michael Smith, the four-star tight end out of Savannah, Georgia. He will be in. Uh, more on him in a couple of minutes. Uh, Four-star defensive end Dylan Stewart out of Washington, D.C. He is at the Friendship Collegiate Academy. 6'5", 230. He is the number 35 player in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, and the Gamecocks are certainly uh, in the mix there. He is teammates with Nicholas Harbor and Sterling Lucas doing a great job uh, with him. Also, Jordan Ross, Four-star defensive end, 6'4", 220, out of Birmingham, Alabama, will be in. He is the number four prospect and the number six edge in the country, uh, 6'4", 220, uh, Vestavia Hills High School, Jody Wright doing work there. Uh, big Denos White, 6'6", 310 out of Concord, North Carolina. He's a high three-star defensive lineman. He will be in. 
Four-star linebacker Wendell Gregory, 6'4", 220 from Marietta, Georgia, will be in. Linebacker Bradley Shaw, who's a four-star guy out of Hoover, Alabama, will be in, 6'1", 216. He's the number seven linebacker in the country and the number 69 player, according to 24-7 Sports. That'd be a big get. Uh, linebacker Devin Smith out of Brunswick, Georgia, 6'3", 225. He will be in. And safety Kelvin Hunter from West Florence, 5'11", 180, uh, kind of in the mold of a DJ Swearinger kind of guy. Gamecocks are in great shape for him. All right, so the following day after that junior day, Cam Pringle, the number one offensive tackle in the country, okay, he is 6'8", about 325, and he will be making his decision public on Sunday, January the 22nd, and I think the Gamecocks are looking pretty, pretty, pretty good for Cam Pringle. Then on Tuesday, the 24th of January, four-star tight end Michael Smith, 6'4", 225, who's a freak athlete from Savannah, Georgia. He will go public with his decision. My crystal ball is on the Gamecocks there. And then on Friday, the 27th of January, four-star linebacker, Wendell Gregory will go public with his decision. And again, I think the Gamecocks could go three for three here. And if you're a patron of this podcast, you remember my interview with Dante Reno, where he said uh, when you get into January and after signing day, there are going to be a lot of guys that were going to be committing to the Gamecocks. And we already know there are two outstanding 2024 commitments. Uh, two welcome homes for the 24 class issued by Shane Beamer last month. I think we'll find out who those guys are next week. All right. Um So, as far as the calendar goes, we'll just have to see how quickly this situation gets resolved with uh, Trajan Jeffcoat and Dylan Johnson. They could enroll in March, uh, mid mid master. Jason Brown and EJ Jenkins did that. They went through spring practice. Those guys could do that. There could be other guys that could commit to the Gamecocks because there are guys that are still entering the portal. So you have until midnight tonight to make your intentions known uh, with your school to submit that you are going in the transfer portal. You fill out your part. They fill out their part. And then it could take you know, another 48 hours. So we'll see guys that will be announced into the transfer portal for the rest of this week. 
Gamecocks could bring some of those guys in in March and then in May. The, uh, so then the, the portal closes officially tonight at midnight. It does not open back up until May the 1st through May the 15th. There will be another huge wave of guys that will enter the transfer portal. And there are some guys that are already in the transfer portal that are not transferring until May because they need the spring semester to, uh, grades to be able to transfer in good standing. So I would expect South Carolina to continue to mine the transfer portal for wide receivers, for uh, edge rushers, maybe another linebacker, maybe a stud DB uh, like the guy from East Carolina who entered the uh, transfer portal um, yesterday. We will just have to see what happens. Uh, Tulu Griffin, who announced he was going in the portal, announces he's got going back to Mississippi State. Penn State, as I said, they landed uh, Malik McClain. The Gamecocks certainly would have loved to have uh, added him. Walker Howard, who was uh, the quarterback from Miami, he's going to Ole Miss. Ohio State is getting Oregon State quarterback transfer Tristan Gebbia, and he probably just became a millionaire. Uh, so there's that. Jim Harbaugh is returning to Michigan. And his co-coordinator, Matt Weiss, is placed on administrative leave uh, for some shady dealings on university computers. So there's that. Uh, Kyle Ford, the transfer wide receiver who was teammates with Ryan Helensky, leaving Southern Cal and just going across town to UCLA. A lot of action in the transfer portal. A linebacker, uh, Demoy Kennedy who missed the season with a knee injury. He's transferring out of Alabama. And so just a lot of, lot of guys in the transfer portal. Miami lost their starting quarterback, and their starting center, who had logged over 2,700 snaps in his career. Uh, he's out of Grayson High School. I'd look for Clemson or Georgia on him, probably. Malik Fleming is a corner from East Carolina that entered the portal. He will be highly, highly coveted. All right, women's basketball. Aaliyah Boston, SEC Player of the Week, Gamecocks, Boat Race, Missouri on Sunday. They head to Vanderbilt. Um, tomorrow night to take on the Commodores, who lost a heartbreaker um, to Vanderbilt. 
And it's really um, a shame. They, uh, really took it down to the wire. Against Arkansas, they hit a three to tie it up, and then Arkansas came down and hit a heave about a 40-footer at the buzzer. And um, they got beat. So uh, Vanderbilt, they play South Carolina tomorrow night in Nashville. Like I said, Vanderbilt coming off uh, – uh, that heartbreaker. Vanderbilt is currently 9 and 10 overall, 0 and 5 in the conference. And they've lost their last five games. Uh, so they lost 82 to 73 to NC State in Cancun. And they lost uh, to Mississippi State. 72 to 44 they lost 88 to 63 at LSU they lost 74 to 53 at Ole Miss uh, coach yo had a packed arena for that game they lost 84 71 to Tennessee and then they lost uh, Monday night to Arkansas 84 to 81 but they're uh, you know, they're, they're struggling. Shea Ralph in her second season. So you got to look out for uh, Siaja uh, Harbison. She leads the team with 19 points per game. She shoots uh, almost 40% from the field. Uh, not a big three-point threat. Uh, guard Marnell uh, Gerard. She is their one of their leading three point shooters uh, at forty one percent, ninety five for two hundred and thirty four. She averages fourteen points per game. And then Sasha Washington. She uh, makes almost forty six percent from the field, but she does not shoot uh, threes. Sorry, I was looking at, at uh, the wrong stat. The leading three-point shooter is Marnell Gerard. She is 42% from three, 54 for 128. She's the only one with that many attempts. They're scoring 67 points per game. They shoot 41% from the field, 35 from three. And quite frankly, this will be a laugher and a blowout for South Carolina. They probably can afford to not bring their A game and still they'll win by 30. Gamecocks need to be challenged. And quite frankly, I don't think they will be challenged until February when they travel to UConn on February the 5th to take on the Huskies at noon on Fox National TV. Then the following Sunday, 
South Carolina gets LSU at home, and then on February the 23rd, they travel to Tennessee. Those are the three games, and maybe the Arkansas game, which is in Columbia. If Arkansas is hitting from three, they can they can challenge you. Those are really the only games that are a threat for South Carolina on the schedule because the SEC is just historically bad this year. Bad, bad, bad. LSU's ranked. Angel Reese has had a double-double in every game. They're 18-0, 6-0, just like the Gamecocks. Other than that, Arkansas is ranked by the coaches. They're not ranked in the AP poll. They're 17-3. They barely beat Vanderbilt. And so I don't even know if they'll be ranked when Carolina plays them. And certainly it's not South Carolina's fault. They, they scheduled Stanford. They scheduled UCLA. They've been really good. Uh, but basically nobody else out of conference. Maryland, they scheduled, who's number 11 in the country. If Angel Reese would have stayed at Maryland, Maryland might be a legit Final Four team this year. Uh, so, and... Diamond Miller didn't play. She's Maryland's best player. She was out with an injury when they played the Gamecocks, so they didn't really get Maryland's best shot. And so this team's really good. They're really talented. They got, you know, 11 legitimate top 15 players on the roster. Um, they just are not being challenged. But they have the veteran players, the core with Saxton, who is not one of the more talented players, but she's a veteran. Aaliyah Boston, Bree Beal, Zia Cook, they've essentially started every game of their career. Okay, Kiara Fletcher, she's got a ton of experience. Raven, Hollywood, uh, Johnson is really coming on. She plays great when she gets in. Ashlyn Watkins is playing really good. You hate to see the injury to Saniya Fagan. Camila Cardoso's got to play better. She's got to be more physical. There's no excuse for a 6'7 player to shoot two of six from point blank range. Just no excuse for that. So um, the Gamecocks have the talent. You know, uh, Breezy Hall and Talasia Cooper, they've got to start making more shots and uh, take advantage and be more productive when they get into the game. But this is the most talented team in the country, but they are going to be challenged next month, and they need some challenges going into the uh, NCAA tournament all right that is gonna be it for the worldwide wednesday show i'll be back tomorrow with more recruiting previewing gamecocks and vanderbilt men's basketball this weekend and a whole lot more so this has been the worldwide wednesday edition of the locked on the gamecocks podcast take me home stevie ray where you heard about love and giving sight to the blind My baby loving cause the sun to shine And she must be a little bad